Welcome back to the New Chitlin' Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to black indies only. My name is Lex, and once again, Sydney's not actually standing here with me. This is Editor Lex in post. Uh, welcome back. This is our second and final um, installation, <laughs> if you will, of our interview series this year. Uh, last week, you tuned into our conversation with Man Robinson, the filmmaker of Turn sizzling discussion about uh, criticism and getting started in the industry. And this week, we're going for a slightly different vibe. We, we sit down with two filmmakers, Janiah Black, the writer and director behind Turn of the Cheek, which is a movie that we reviewed this summer that we really, really love. Just a, a good tearjerker, inspirational tale. And we also speak with Leon Pierce Jr., who's the filmmaker behind Welcome Matt, starring Taj Mori, that we also got a good laugh and a good cry out of this summer, too. So so sit back and relax. Uh, in this week's conversations, you can expect a lot of uh, funny and inspirational stories about the filmmaking of those movies. And also, the, the true theme that ties together these two very different filmmakers, very different films that we discuss is telling emotional stories and getting uh, dramatic performances out of out of actors who may be either new to the scene or may just be new to the genre, you know? So, enjoy. The new Chitlin Well, thanks again for sitting with us today and uh, making some time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, so let's get right on into it. You know, our intro to you was Turn of the Cheek, which is your most recent film, uh, which we really enjoyed in our review a few weeks ago. So we'd love to hear more about, you know, how the the, the journey from, from book, from page to film in that movie, you know, how long was that road for you? Actually, I did this, the movie script first, and um, I had not done a book in, since 2008, and I, and I was just like, okay, it's really time for me to put out a book, so why not just, you know, it made sense to go ahead and turn, turn the cheek into a book so that I could kind of kill two birds with one stone, and um, so it just kind of came about, because the things that I write about are typically things that bother me, and um I, I like to take the extreme on things, you know, and put myself in other people's shoes as I'm writing. So, you know, forgiveness was just the thing that was impressed upon me. And, and I just, you know, God just gave it to me like that. And that's how it came out. And I, I just knew how the premise of it, how I wanted it to begin and how the ending would be. And, you know, it, it just kind of I was going through the story as I was writing it. And I experienced all those different emotions that the characters went through. It was just really, it was a, it was honestly a really organic experience. And um, I, I can't really take much, I, God gave it to me and that's how it came out. Yeah. And like, speaking of, you, you bring up the emotion of the movie, which is probably one of the things that stuck with me most after watching it, you know, as a, as a director, cause you was a, the director on that project as well. Like, what's your approach to getting such a strong emotional performance from the actors? The It felt like the entire cast felt it the same way that, that you're describing you felt it. I really, like, and, and to their credit, they're all amazing. Like, I, I was really blessed to come across a, a group of, of truly dedicated people who were really invested in this story, and they really wanted it to be everything it was supposed to be. So they worked really hard to bring that vision to life. And it was like the greens, 
as, as the writer for me and the director, it, it was a blessing to see like they got together and they were like, okay, what's our backstory? When's our anniversary? What's your favorite color? Like they wanted to know each other on that level and have though that backstory built so that they really came across as a real couple, which I, I thought they did a phenomenal job. And um, Dominic Ovando, the young man who played Kane, this was his first time acting. And um, so, you know, that that was an experience that almost wasn't because um, we can get into that later if you want. But um, he's just a raw talent and he really wanted to get it right. So we spent a lot of time working one on one, um, him and I and then him with Jacob building that chemistry, you know, with the young the young uh, boy that played uh, Jacob. And it was just like I'm, I'm the type of director where it's like as long as I believe you, we can roll with it. It's like, I, I like the actors to come with what they want to bring to the character and let me reel them back in. So I, I'm always like, I would rather you give me too much and let me tell you to pull it back than to be all in your head and overthink things. So I just, I just want things to be authentic. Like if you can pull me into the words that are on this paper, then you're doing your job. Like, I don't want to micromanage. I don't like micromanaging the actors. It's like, as long as you're coming off believable, then we can keep moving forward. I love that. And that's like a perfect segue to something else that uh, really stood out to the both of us when we watched the movie with all the sets. Right. So the actual I, I seemed like it was a real uh, like jail or prison you guys filmed in Girl, uh, the corner yes. store, like the house. <laughs> Can you give us some more? Like, how, how did that we come about? Like the sets guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, um, everything. it seemed like especially as an indie filmmaker, that isn't easy. Like sometimes people have to, you know, make their own sets out of like whatever they have. So that was like a big up to you. That that was that again, that was nothing but a guy that was favor. Um, yeah. We we have a um, we have Jackson Prison here and one of the buildings has been turned into a museum. It's called the Ella Sharp Museum. And uh, my husband was actually, who, who is my business partner, we, we do the movies together. He's a producer and an actor as well. And uh, he just happened to reach out to them because we had to go through the uh, to, through the state. You know, we were trying to find, find a prison. The first one we went to, I, I met with the chief and he gave me a tour. And it was, it was like the most oppressive, depressing place I've ever been to in my life. And it was just like so cramped. And he was like, well, you can shoot here, but you know, we would have to let you in and out, um, you know, to go to the bathroom or to go get something to eat. And I, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to be able to get up and go out when I was like, okay, we're going to keep looking. So mm-hmm. um, thankfully Jackson came through and we worked with the Ella Sharp Museum and they were they were amazing. So it's just like, it's the actual museum of the prison, which I guess they kind of use it as a scared straight type thing for kids, you know, to bring them in and let them see. But it's, it's a whole block of empty cells. And um, the curator was there and he, he was wonderful. He opened and closed, showed us how to work the mechanisms and all that good stuff. So, but um, yeah, so that, that was a real actual prison that has been turned into a museum. Wow. That's, that is favorite. That's crazy. How that worked yes. Out like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, that was an interesting experience. I know that prison is not anywhere that I would ever want to be for real, for real. Yeah. No, no. Well, it looked realistic to me. Shoot. Um, but <laughs> speaking, I guess more so into like, um, so that was in Michigan, correct? The actual yes. like, uh, museum and everything. To- cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's in Jackson, like, Michigan. We also noticed uh, the young man who uh, played uh, the high schooler who was murdered. He was in another film we reviewed uh, earlier in our season called Not Left in Vegas. Uh, yes. 
Kamal, yes, in, in the Michigan area. So curious about like, what's that network like, especially for you as a black woman, uh, indie filmmaker, like how, how are you guys embracing each other in Michigan and kind of working collaboratively? It is all absolutely love here. Um, Kamal yeah. Smith is my brother. Um, he, oh. he was actually the first AD on Turn of the Cheek. And um, James, wow. uh, James Perkins is, is the young man's name. He, was, uh, he got his first acting gig in our movie Warrior Pride which was a basketball film. So that uh, was his first yeah. introduction to acting. So since then, he's just been, you know, doing it. We're all like a big family. So we we um, mm-hmm. we work with a lot of the same actors. We help yeah. each other with resources. It's just, you know, uh, we, we have Dennis L. Reed here. He was just in Atlanta last mm-hmm. weekend, mm-hmm. I think, doing his premiere for First Lady 3, Moolah Films, and uh, of course, Kamal Smith and yeah. Darren Brown. So we we have a very tight-knit community here. We all, we all support each other and we all do different things, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it's a really, it's a really growing, strong and growing community here. Yeah, because I know we always hear about like the Atlanta film scene and how it's like booming. So it's like great to hear like the same kind of community building up like in other film communities around the country. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to say the same thing because yeah. we're both from Atlanta. So we hear a lot about the film community down there. But it's nice to see mm-hmm. um, that it's all over the place. You know, yeah. anywhere, anywhere you go, yeah. somebody's got a camera is telling the story. And then whenever our people yeah. you know? come down there, Atlanta shows a lot of love as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we trying to, we trying to branch out. Yeah. We think of Michigan nice. as like our Southern Northern cousin. So, you know, yeah, it's like, it, yep. it's always mm-hmm. love, you know? <laughs> yes. Every time I come down there, I run into yeah. more Detroiters than I do people from Atlanta. I'm just like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I actually wanted to hear more about something you mentioned earlier, um, the actor who played Kane, uh, about it being his uh, his debut performance. What went into that? What was the almost didn't happen part of that? Okay, so um, I I am a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm very business-like when it comes to producing. And I have a very short... Um, short tolerance for unprofessionalism and uh in casting for that role we were looking for a latino male between the ages of you know 20 and 25 and he submitted his his photo for for casting he was perfect and so um i was like okay so i reached out to him and i was like okay we we got your headshot so please email uh your headshot and resume to this address and then um we'll go from there and so he emailed his picture or whatever, and he didn't have a resume, which is fine. Cause you know, um, the indie film, uh, community here, it's like a lot of the actors, you know, they're, this is kind of like a launch pad. It's their learning phase, you know, so they all may not have resumes. They may just have a headshot or, you know, a bathroom photo or whatever. Like we're very forgiving with that kind of stuff because, you know, we're willing to teach. So he, um, I told him to send me a monologue, send him on a one minute monologue so we can kind of evaluate, you know, because like you definitely have a look, but I need to see, you know, if if you can act. And so I didn't hear back from him. He just like ghost. And I was like, OK, so we still look and look and look. And so um, James, uh, the, the young man that played Daniel, knows him as well. And so he uh, he saw that we reposted. He was like, well, you know, I got this. I, my friend, Dominic Arvando, you know, he asked and I said he already submitted. He didn't meet the deadline. So, no, he was like, let me talk to him. I was like, OK. So he um, he talked to him and everything. He called me back. He's like, he really wants to do it. 
he didn't know what a monologue was and he didn't want to ask you because he didn't want to, oh. you know, seem like he didn't. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. if he contacts me today, then we'll, I'll talk to him and get a feel and see where his head is at. And we'll go from there. So he called me and long story short, we worked everything out. He sent in his monologue and I could tell that he had, you know, just the, the rawness that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we just, um, we hit it off and, and, you know, it came out like it was supposed to. Wow. <laughs> from, from not knowing what the monologue was to delivering such a performance that that's. Incredible. Yeah. And it, it was, it, I'm glad that we, that we stuck with it. Cause we, we, we ran into, you know, some other things cause just, you know, he was going through some things in his personal life and mm-hmm. um, you know, we had a moment where I was just like, okay, we need to sit down and have a talk, you know? And it was just like that real moment. Cause like by this time it's like, you know, being on sets and having rehearsals with people, you build that chemistry yeah. and you, you build that like family type, you know, mm-hmm. relationship with people. So I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't just going to be like, okay, no, we're just cutting you off. So, you know, we sat down and we talked and, you know, Dominic is now like a little brother to me, you know, and, it, and it's, it's yeah. just like, okay, I'm going to just be real with you. Like we have a lot invested in this. We cannot, deal mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff. I need to know that you're going to be as invested in this as we are, because this right. is not play. This is not play play. Like we're putting up money for this. We have to rent these locations. We have to pay these camera right. people. And so he's like, yep. you know, just, um, I'm, I'm, I promise this, uh, this is what I want this. I want this. And then from that point mm-hmm. on, it was just smooth sailing. Like he, he put so much hard work in, in, into yeah. that role and learning, what it was it was expected of him and I, I'm so grateful that we were able to work things out because I couldn't mm-hmm. see anybody else playing that part. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely you know one other question I'm going a little bit off script here so I'm sorry <laughs> I'm, <laughs> one question that I had you know one of the, the the scenes that stuck with me the most like one of the most powerful scenes in the movie is that kind of climax scene where the greens first meet um came like in, in the visitation uh area mm-hmm. and just the like the emotion that the actors conveyed and like the the directing that scene was great I kind of want to hear about like what director pep talk you gave before the camera started rolling I just lined like, them all up and smacked everybody like but you know what they they had worked so hard on getting into those places like the difficult thing about doing a scene that heavy is that if something goes wrong and I have to yell cut and then maintaining that momentum and they yeah. were troopers because like this and, and really with Deborah, because like she went there every single mm-hmm. time, like every, even if the camera wasn't on her, she was in mama grieving mode. And, and it yeah. was just like she was so emotionally drained by the end of that day like all of them were all of them were yeah but she her experience was she was deborah green like she was really carrying that and just it it wasn't the pep talk was y'all we only got because they were doing construction that day so we had to go Ooh. out and try to you know finagle with the construction people like hey <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, not just little construction. They had jackhammers, everything. Like, we have this scene. Can y'all just give us an hour? And right. they was like, and they union, okay? They was like, all right, y'all got oh. an hour. So yeah. I was like, look, you know what this scene got to be? 
but we only got an hour to get it. So mm. yeah, that's what we that's what we working with. So um, we did that first because I wanted to get uh, little Levi in and out. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. they they were just like the the ultimate professionals. They got in, they got it done, and they and they had worked yeah. on building up to that for all the months that we rehearsed in you know in advance. So they just they got it done. Yeah. yeah, I imagine a big like uh, sigh of relief. A big was there a round of applause? Oh yeah, we <laughs> were just, the- but we were we were all in it though. Like we were we was in there yeah. crying and stuff. Like it was just it was very heavy, very emotional, and it was just like it was it was a it was a re- sigh of relief to get that over with because that I, that was the heaviest scene in the whole movie. Yeah, Oof. well worth it. Well worth it. It broke it. me it down. Powerful. Yeah. I did cry my mama was in another room she asked me is, is everything okay in there what's, what's going on okay, but that means everybody did their job so that, yeah. that and hopefully you know because I've, yeah. I've had a lot of people come and tell me you know they we get testimonies from people that it's really motivated them to reevaluate their situations with people that they may be holding mm-hmm. on to unforgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, with, and that's the whole point. Like yeah. we want you to walk away from this story and, and look at it like, it's not that deep, like uh, a conversation, like you may not need that person in your life around you forever, but it's like, right. you have to forgive that person and let it go for yourself. Like you, mm-hmm. you cannot hold on to that. And I, I give this yeah. example all the time. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's like forgiveness is not for them; it's for you. Like you, you have to let that go. Yeah, and while I, you know, I, I, you know, I grew up down south in a in a very like religious household, so I've seen a lot of like T.D. Jakes films and like Tyler Perry films. I think the of all the religious uh, like faith based movies I've ever seen, I I think this movie handled forgiveness like you really like nailed the the complexities of the emotions because it's not just you know snap of the finger it's done because I'm the bigger person it's a lot to go through and it is worth it in the end to get to that point of forgiveness but it it takes a lot it's a long emotional journey so yeah that stuck with me thank you for that and it's it's difficult because like we do faith-based films because we have to put a we have to put a label on it right but Mm -hmm. we do we do movies and it's like I don't want to be while everything I do, I want it to be kingdom but Like I want somebody to walk away with something tangible because my whole right. purpose in life is to like tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to do that in a way that people that would never set foot in a church will grasp right. onto and not feel like it's being shoved down their throat. So we want to do it by showing real situations in real ways while mm-hmm. being tasteful. Like it, it still needs to be something that you can sit down with your kids and watch. Like, you know, we're not yeah. going to go all the way to the left with it, but we want it to be real. Yeah. I think that's what we most yeah. like enjoy too about Turn of the Cheek in general because we've done a few other uh, like faith-based films prior to yours and it was always a little bit like this just seemed more like you don't have to explain so much to me as a viewer. I, I can feel it like coming off the screen in me and like also like like Alexis being from the South and like you know going to church and things in my family is like I don't need explanations on why this is happening. Like I understand it. I get it. It's mm-hmm. not like forced on me, you know, so yeah, yeah, that's what we're going for. A very, yeah, a delicate touch. It was beautiful. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me get back on track. Let me get back. Yeah, on come track. on, man. Because you know, like <laughs> we had plans, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna get back on track. My bad, my bad, my bad. I wanted to ask you, Miss Janaya, about you know what you guys are working on next. It seems like mm-hmm. you know, uh, while I very much I'm inspired by it and and um aspire to be uh like like a writer like Mr. Janaya the writer, but Mr. Janaya the producer seems like on it. Like yeah. <laughs> what's what's what do you <laughs> what do you got going? What We're what can people look forward to, to seeing soon? pre-production? Well we just released a film called Your Future Husband and um that was uh directed by Kamal Smith and uh it's a story that was written by um a friend good friend of ours Nyambi Nicole. It's her story it's based on her life. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and my husband uh, produced on that one. I edited that one, but it just came out. It's on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime right now. So we're really, you know, promoting and trying to get that one out there. And then we're in pre-production for one called Street Code Broken. And uh, we start shooting that in September. So, and um, right. then we have another one lined up for next year. So yeah, we're, we're trying to do one a year minimum. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. like literally just got to like brush your shoulders off real quick. It's like just one a year. Like, <laughs> oh, like it's nothing. I, I have nothing. to give hats off to Mr. Black because, you know, being yeah. that I, yeah. I direct, I write and I edit. I'm just like he's he's trying to push it to like two or three a year. And I'll be looking at him like uh, go sit down somewhere. Yeah. I'm trying to get to the point where I can yeah. let go enough to let somebody else edit my stuff. Mm. and that, that's that. hard for me yeah 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 because it's yeah. it's your literally your baby like you wrote it you're producing it and like you want everything to be in your vision so like we've had a similar discussion with another indie filmmaker uh Jamal McMillan he's like it's hard when it's something that it's literally you're creating to hand it off for someone else oh, to yeah. like try and get you know what you envision and see so so. Yep. My goal is to get under two hours. <laughs> okay. So, okay. That's my goal. I heard y'all. Y'all said it was a little long. I'm like, I was trying. And they were like, can we cut this off? I'm like, so you just want to cut my arm off? Is that what you want to do? Like, um, I need that. <laughs> so I think that might help too. If I let somebody else edit it, they'll be able to have an objective yeah. view as to what can go and what can't. Because I'll just be like, no, I'm not cutting it. <laughs> so we get that. We get that. Got it. So, I did hear you. <laughs> uh, speaking of some of your future projects so one of our just kind of like favorite things to do with every episode we we shoot our shot a lot mostly at actors um so it doesn't have to be that way but like who do you you know who do you want to work with who are you like just like anybody you can imagine like who do you want to shoot your shot with today on the new chitlin circuit just producers other directors other filmmakers other actors you want to cast in something anybody oh wow I would love to work with Denzel. Like if I could direct mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, like that would be the most intimidating thing in life. Yeah, but yeah. I would love to have that opportunity. I would, it, it, to me, it's like the equivalent of looking up at the at a mountain, like, okay, how am I going to get over that? But I'm going I'm to yeah. take one foot at a time and make it happen. But like, I respect his craft so much and I would just love mm-hmm. to be able to work with him. Cause like, I have been studying the Equalizer movies Mm-hmm. and like other stuff he's done like because I'm I, I want to do action film like I love action type stuff and I just love his character yeah. so much in those movies and I'm just like man and it just you know the range that he has like I would love a chance to work with him from behind the camera yes I love that yeah I love that 
I was thinking when you said that, the first thing that popped in my mind was like Mount Everest. That's climbing Everest. I feel like he's like the yeah. that's the summit. As yes. a director, you put your flag on top of that. I directed Denzel. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that would be, be the ultimate. Yeah. Like I could just be like, okay, yep, I'm done. I can just <laughs> call it a day. I'm good. Well, when yes. it happens, hit up the new Chitlin' Circuit. We would love to interview you, Ms. Janaya, and Denzel. So, you know. Yes, hopefully we mm-hmm. can Hopefully we can see that coming. We just going to yes. talk that into existence. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm coming, Denzel. Exactly. I'm coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, Sydney, you have uh, any more questions on your docket? Uh, no, that was my, yeah, shoot your shot was always my, my like, last fun question. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you like to wrap it yeah. up. All right. Well, I really do think we got what we need here. I, I really like I know our listeners enjoy listening to uh, us talking about your film mm-hmm. and went to watch it themselves. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to really get a lot of value out of this. And if everybody's good, I'm going to end the recording right now. Is that all right? Yes. Thank you for the yeah. opportunity. Let's jump right into it. You know, our introduction to your work was Welcome Matt, uh, which was just released this year. We uh, had a chance to watch it and review it on the show. But the thing that jumped out most to me on my watch is just how unique the story was and how you how unique the character of Matt was. So I'd love to hear more about like how you like stumbled across that type of story to tell, uh, particularly the uniqueness of the character and also the interesting nature of like an agoraphobia plotline, too. Yeah. So inter- interestingly enough, I wrote the script like years ago. Um, I wrote like the first draft in about a week. And I was writing it where I was like kind of like couch surfing. So I didn't like have a place. <laughs> and um, I, But I was filming a lot and I wanted to do a feature. And I was like, well, I'm saving up to get a place. Um, let me try to film something where I just need, like, I could literally film it in my apartment, which interestingly enough, Matt tried to film <laughs> a film in his apartment as well, which, like, the idea sounds terrible. <laughs> but, uh, but so that happened, it did, I was thinking to myself, if I have this person in this space, what's going to prevent him from just like leaving the space. So I was looking up like mental illnesses that where people are, are like afraid to leave their, their homes. And I came across agoraphobia, which I was like familiar, not with the term, but like I did know that there were people who like didn't like being in like social settings or like not even like really leaving out the house or anything like that. So I was like, oh, okay, so I like this is like a real thing and then understanding like what like leads to people being that way, which in most cases it's suffering like very severe trauma. So yeah, just taking that into like consideration, I was like, okay, that 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 will work. And I'm I'm I don't have agoraphobia, but I'm a homebody. So I don't like I'm not afraid to leave. I just don't like to leave. So when COVID happened, I was like, Cool. <laughs> like I'm chilling. Um, and, and then the other thing was um, the trauma. So uh, that being a key part of it, and you know, I don't want to give away too much for anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, like that 
happened to me, but not in that way. You know, like I did suffer that type of loss and it was a traumatic experience. But um, so, so yeah, there was like a lot of, like when Taj and I talked about it, like whereas as the film was coming out on the tail end of like the pandemic, he was like, a lot of people are going to see themselves in Matt. And I was like, yeah, but prior to that, they're like the Matt character encompasses a lot of elements as me, as, a, as you know, uh, as, a, as a person being a, a creative and then dealing with trauma and trying to find a way to make it happen, especially like being black in, in Hollywood, like his first joint he did, like the first film he did on his own and it, and it like hit. You know, and then after that, then everybody comes out of the woodworks and like, hey, you know, what you, you do it, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, I'm experiencing a bit of that right now, which isn't a bad thing. It's actually a, a great thing. But I mean, you know, it's, it's very real when you're like a, a filmmaker of color, especially a, a, a black person, like they're not really checking for you until like you like on. And, and it doesn't even matter if it's like your work is like, good you know what i'm saying like if they if they know that you're good they're just like oh okay that people are like talking about that person that person's like popping right now they're like okay that's what's up you know so i think that answers your question about like the story yeah. <laughs> it actually it segues into an it segues into another question because while the the story like the content of the story was very unique and interesting I'd never seen a story uh, about like that exact thing I was interested in like knowing about more the production and your journey into getting to it and you just mentioned that when you wrote the script you were couch surfing so I, I loved to what was the like what was the setup was it a uh, notepad on the thigh like writing or <laughs> like what was <laughs> how, how did you do that yeah interestingly enough I um I, I did. I did have a, a computer. I, I got a used computer from my friend that um, that I was working with, and I was basically, you know, couch surfing. And I was working, and then the money I was I was making, I was using to like film like my projects and, and things like that, just to to like build up, you know, my catalog, but also. At some point, I realized like I might need other money, so I was like, "Let me show people like what I can do." Uh, and then inevitably, uh, I want to say in 2016, I had saved up a, a, a good amount of money um, doing Uber. Like I was driving a lot um, and, and, and stacking up my money, and I was just gonna like uh, film it in 2017. Uh, but unfortunately, I you know, in 2016, like toward the end of 2016, I got hurt bad. Like I, I physically got hit by a car and that changed my plans. So I'm hospitalized. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm able to walk for um, a few months and then, um, but I'm still working on, on the project and using that time uh, to, you know, to further develop the story. When we were holding auditions and Taj came in I was like, yo, I was like, man, like, it's weird. I, like, I see you forever, but it was like, like, not like I knew him, but we, like, I grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were kind of like kids who like grew up, you know, from his show. So like, yo, what's good? And we was just like, we just really hit it off. 
and he told me how much he loved the story and he had like all these like notes he made where he was like oh I read this part and I love this part and I really would love to do, do this with the character and I was like oh that's great that's honestly like the perfect segue uh, into what's been on both of our minds. Uh, just, I guess, really the catalyst for us to watch the film too. We're both obviously big fans of Taj's too. So it's just kind of great to hear how he came in just like on a regular casting call and loved the script and wanted to be part of the project. But also like we know Taj as a more of a comedic actor. So what was it like for you or like your process to get some more of his dramatic performances out uh, in the film? So for me, it was a thing of, I knew he was going to do well with the comedic aspect of the character and, and the story. I, I knew that from just, you know, knowing that is what he does. Um, and I even, you know, I tell Taj, it was like, I didn't not think he could do the dramatic, like parts or anything like it, Like, I didn't think that, but it was like, I ain't seen it. So I was like, I don't know, you know? So that was my thing, but uh, when we were like talking about it, just like the conversations we were having, some of the the, the character work he was doing and, and things like that, I was like, okay, I, I think I think we good. I think we'll be good shape. But it wasn't until we were like actually filming where I was like, damn, I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah, people are said like cry to be like, oh wow, like he was. He was he was so good. Love that. I feel like him and Dion were probably riots on set. Like just. Oh, <laughs> it was so yeah. But with Dion, it's the same thing. Like I I didn't know what to expect with Dion because he's like a really funny dude. But the thing about it is, is that um, he gave me a different vibe than I had imagined that he would for the character. But I was like pleasantly surprised i was like oh okay i was like he's kind of being grounded and serious and stuff which is great because that's what i wanted for all the performers anyways you know even though there's some like you know really funny moments but then he was still able to like throw in the jokes and i was like okay so yeah but yeah it was it was great it was some scenes especially with the two of them together where it was just like hard to like not bust out to like laughter on set <laughs> one of our favorite scenes is Taj trying to do uh, like those five different characters and he gets into a slave <laughs> character uh, <laughs> that was crazy yeah so, so so when I wrote that scene what was running through my mind was like just showing like what we typically see in like black cinema right mm -hmm. like you have like the dude who's like I'm from the streets, and you got the person trying to like, nah, man, you you could you could be better, brother. You'll say he's like, you know, and then the biggest thing now is like, and actually for a while, unfortunately, is like the slaves. You'll say like, I'm gonna be, you know, what I'm it's like. So when I think him do that, I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is perfect. Captured it very well. Oh. I guess I'll go into this. another question. We're both. All right, go ahead, Alexis. Did you want to jump I in? Had, yeah, I, I got to be frank. I'm still like really um, like awed by the the thought of the, you know the long process that it takes to get a film from idea uh, to 
some girls with a podcast are talking about it like you know <laughs> so like yeah. i i wanted i still want to hear more about like your journey as like a filmmaker like in as we're saying the landscape it's a lot of slave movies there are a lot of like like archetype movies out what do you have like a like a, a specific thing you really want to bring to the landscape like of black film that like your tastes aren't being met in the in the market like the thing you want to see at the movies isn't there like is is that one of the motivators for you is there a void you want to fill with your movies um yes most definitely and it has been for a, a long time like going back like my my interestingly enough when I started off filming I wanted to do uh I wanted to do more dramatic pieces uh and then all my friends in LA are comedians. So they're like, hey, can you write stuff for us? And then I started doing like sketches and, and stuff like that because, you know, I, as a writer, I understand characters and, and like characters and, 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 and uh, story and, and storytelling and all those, those aspects. So for me, I wanted to fill the void of like, just telling like good stories where if you're Spielberg, you can make a movie about an alien and you can make a historical piece and you can, make a sci-fi like you you could do whatever you want and 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 so that you know like i i want to tell good stories so people are like oh so you do comedy you do drama you do and i'm like i tell good stories you know um i love that and that's like something alexis and i talk about with our friends all the time too it's like none of this would be here without us so like it just kind of is what it is but yeah. uh just speaking about just what you have going on next so not gonna lie we did some Googles, you know, we did some searches and we saw like your production company, you, your goal is to uh, release two features a year. So we have Welcome Matt. And then we saw, you know, you have some scripts <laughs> in development. So if you want to give us an exclusive, uh, what do you guys have coming up next or any kind of idea, inkling? Yeah, I, I, I do have a, um, my next project is a horror comic, but it is co comparable to like, a get out in a sense of it's grounded. So it's not like mm -hmm. scary movie where it's like a parody or anything or like over the top, it's, it's very much grounded. Um, so that's that's the next one. And the, the goal is to go into production with that as early as next year and then also release it the same year. That's the goal. And then I, and then I have a drama uh, that I'm doing after that that is a very powerful piece. So that goes back to what I said earlier, where people aren't going to know what to expect. Um, and then I also have a romance, a black romance trilogy. I'll just say romance trilogy, but all my stuff starring black people. Right. So <laughs> but we don't have we don't have enough black love stories. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, just go in and just do three at the same time. And my goal is to either put them all out at once, like Steve McQueen did with Small Axe or what Netflix is doing right now with the, the horror series where they, they drop one like every week. Yeah, so I, but I definitely want it to be like soon. Like you watch it and you be like, oh man, what's next? And then you see the next joint, you see the next joint. So that's another thing. So yeah, the after doing Welcome Matt, I was like, I don't want to go through the whole like waiting years to do a film, realizing that, you know, Things don't always move as fast as, as you know, me being a creative. Like, I want things to move fast. I work fast. I move fast. I work very fast and efficiently. So I know I can do it, but the industry uh, is just slow. 
It's just slow, you know, unless you like you get to a certain level, then, you know, you you Denzel, you Kevin Hart, you people like Will Smith and all of that. Then it's like people moving. And, you know, unfortunately, I ain't there just yet, but I'm going to get there soon. So, yeah, I got I got stuff in works. But as far as like uh, everything that it's about, like all that stuff will be uh, coming out sooner than, than later. But the next joint, I feel really feel really, really good about it. And even talks with some of the people who I plan on having in it are like really dope and, and, and they doing some big things right now. So, yeah definitely be checking it out uh on our side so and hopefully get to talk to you again uh when they do come out so we would love that i'm sure you heard uh, on our show we like to shoot our shot uh it's usually at the actors and things in the films but uh a twist on that question for you uh for any of your upcoming projects who would you any other actors producers writers you want to work with who do you want to shoot your shot with today on the new chitlin circuit i'll say some people i would like to work with and then like some people I would like to work with again. Um, I've worked with Kiki Palmer. Definitely would would love to work with her again. She was phenomenal to work with. Woody McLean from uh, from the New Edition and Bobby Brown, who's also on Power. Um, also Amari, who I personally know, but like that guy's in high demand right now. But at some point, I definitely plan on like reaching out. And I'm gonna say it here and now, I Kiki Palmer is like one of my like black girl acting goats. So anything she does, and I'm sure whatever you guys do in the future, we'll be tuning yeah, in. Yeah, Kiki Love is, that. She, she's, she's yeah. amazing. So it's like, I definitely, you know, prayers up, you know, she, she got a lot working right now. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what we figure out. But now nah, I definitely uh, would love to get something working. All right, well, thanks once again to Ms. Janiah Black for coming to speak with us about her movie, Turn of the Cheek. And, of course, to Leon Pierce Jr. as well for uh, speaking with us about his journey making. Welcome, Matt. Definitely love hearing the backstories to the movies we review. And we know y'all do, too. So thank y'all for listening as well. And we'll be back next week. Back to the reviews. Back to what we do. And we can't wait to see you then. All right. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, follow us on Twitter at TNCCPod and on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit, and that's spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. And for the latest and greatest, check out our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Oh.